Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Live from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. America's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Our telephone number, if you want to join this late-night National Town Hall Forum, I welcome you to do that, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And, of course, that is Valdez with an S, just like on social media, where you can chime in and be heard there as well. Now, uh, it's the Thursday edition. That means we're just hours away from Title 42 expiring. And uh, we uh, prefaced that in the program yesterday. We're going to have some analysis on that today as well. And I want to um, quickly talk about some of the things that are going on uh, in the news tonight. There's a a few interesting headlines out there. Uh, The House has passed the Secure Border Act in a vote of 219 to 213. And uh, here's what that sounded like on Capitol Hill a little while ago. On this vote, the yeas are 219, the nays are 213. The bill is passed without objection. A motion to reconsider is laid on the table. That is uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. And I I point that out because I'm happy to criticize people when they need criticism. uh, But I feel like all too often it's become part and parcel of, of the mantra of talking points for people to just say, where are the Republicans? They're spineless. They're this, they're that. They don't do anything. Well, there we have them doing something. Now, does that mean that they've, um, you know, um, built Rome in a day? No, of course not. But they did vote yes on the Secure uh, Border Act. And uh, that includes E-Verify requirements. Um, You had two uh, Republicans that joined Democrats to vote against border security. And we'll get to that in a second. Uh, But that's what happened today. And I think it's important that we um, we we point these things out because. They're fighting. Right. And that's part of the game here is to fight. You can't roll over and play dead every single time. Sometimes you, you make a deal. Sometimes you compromise. Most times you fight. You have to fight, especially in an environment like the one we have. But we've got two Republicans. Uh, Representative Thomas Massey and John Duarte both voted along with their Democrat colleagues against the bill. And um, Massey's pretty solid most times. I'm wondering why uh, he took exception to this bill. I'm sure we'll find out momentarily. But 
Um, this was the bill that was implemented to help stem the tide of Title 42. Mayorkas was out there today saying that uh, this is going to take time for, you know, for our approach to yield results. And I thought, time, you know, you've got to have some goal to be in office. You know, it's, uh, it's got to be almost four years now, right? They came in in 2020. They sworn in in 2021. It's going to be 2024 next year. So three, three years, let's call it. Uh, for three years, he's been there. And for three years, their approach has done nothing but yield negative results, bad results, things that are no good. So uh, he gets no sympathy from me. And again, you know me. I try to be very generous here. I really do, because uh, I believe in America and I want to see America do well. But when you've got people that are clearly fakes and phonies and frauds, you got to call them for what they are and call things for for how they are. Now, that's the um, the situation there with um, with that vote. Uh, The uh, secretary of Homeland Security, good old Mayorkas, would be required to send a report no later than 60 days after the bill is enacted on whether Mexican drug cartels meet the criteria for being designated as foreign uh, terrorist organization. Now, if they are designated as a foreign terrorist organization, then I think that would be fantastic because now you can use the the weight and the strength of the United States military to say, hey, look, you know what? These guys are narco terrorists and we've got to come after them. And I think that was something Trump suggested. And he suggested it just once. And all of a sudden, Mexico was on board. They came up with the Remain in Mexico policy. All of a sudden, everybody started moving along because people don't necessarily want to fight. They don't want to fight. So, uh, you know, power and profit are two things that really motivate people. If you have the power to start or finish a war or the power to help somebody profit or for you to profit, these are big motivating factors. And I think, uh, you know, a shrewd businessman understands that. And you have to be a shrewd businessman when you're in the White House. Lamentably, Joe Biden is a shrewd businessman, but his business is the business of corruption. Now, I know that uh, there's a lot of criticism going for around for Joe Biden, but there's also a lot of criticism going on for CNN because uh, people are freaking out over CNN with respect to the town hall meeting last night. Now, this is interesting to me because uh, I thought it's a good idea, right? If you're you're supposed to have everybody from all sides when you're having a presidential uh, town hall debate, whatever it is, you should get everybody's opinions. So CNN bringing in Trump, I think, is a good thing, whether he, if he's a liar, people will see that he's a liar and they'll say, I don't like him. He's a liar. Plus, he's orange. Forget about it. Not interested. But that's not what happened. What happened instead was we decided um, that this was bad for Trump, right? And by we, I mean the employees of CNN. Now, we have a quick clip of AOC. How long is that clip? I want you to listen to my least favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, saying that she would have policed President Trump's speech. Listen to this. I know you said earlier that you will not comment on the platforming of um, such atrocious disinformation, but I would. I think it was a profoundly irresponsible decision. I don't think that it would I would be doing my job if I did not say that. Um, And what we saw tonight was a series of extremely irresponsible decisions that put a sexual abuse victim at risk, that put that person at risk in front of a national audience. And I could not have disagreed with it more. It was shameful. All right. So uh, her job now, again, her job, uh, she's sworn to uh, create laws, debate laws, That's the job of a member of Congress and to represent her 750,000 constituents in her district. Yet she says she wouldn't be doing her job if she didn't call out the reckless irresponsibility of allowing 
a candidate for the presidency to go on television. Then, of course, she comes with the one-two punch and the low blow, saying that this is now putting a a victim of sexual abuse in danger. Now, this is, I want to know, how was E. Jean Carroll, and that's, I'm presuming that's who she's talking about, but how was E. Jean Carroll in danger in any way, shape, or form by Trump going on and talking about his campaign? Yeah, I'll wait. She wasn't. Obviously, they were going to ask a question. He was going to answer a question. He's already made statements that he's going to appeal this thing, yada, yada, yada. I don't I just don't get it. I don't get it. AOC lives in this bubble of victimhood, this bubble of of just obscurity, in my opinion. And it's just I would love for her to accept the invitation to come on this show. I really would, because I think America would benefit from I have so many questions. And I know you do, too, uh, that she says things and we just don't always get it. At least I don't always get it. And I know I'm not the only one. So. Anyway, that's good old AOC all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her critique of Donaldus Magnus El Trumpito, the 45th president of these United States, Donald J. Trump. Now, I personally, I think that the town hall was great. I loved it when he said, you're really nasty, aren't you? <laughs> I, I thought that was terrific because I, I, I think that's what uh, the draw is with Trump is that he's 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 that guy, right? He's that guy. And just by being that guy, People tend to be on their to mind their P's and Q's. However, if they wanted to um, come out the gate swinging, then that's fine. Now, there was a, another clip um, that I'd sent of a CNN uh, anchor asking some questions with respect to um, to a, a group like a focus group of, of people there. And he, he basically tells the guy, uh, the, the audience, it's a small group that were part of the thing. And he says, now, look, Trump hasn't been the most truthful guy and, you know, he, he's not a truth teller. So, you know, does it bother you that he gets in there and starts talking about the 2020 election? And then he goes to the first guy and the first guy's 40 years old. And he says, let's go to him. And that guy says, well, I mean, it was you guys that actually decided to uh, bring up the 2020 election. So we'll get to that audio in a little bit. Uh, but I just thought it was remarkable that they, they tried to put it out there like Trump brought it up and was trying to belabor this point. Meanwhile, they started with that. Anyway, we'll play that for you momentarily. Don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. And before the break, I was letting you know about the um, the correspondent at CNN who was doing a uh, like a breakout, if you will, uh, a mini interview where he had a, a portion of the audience in um, in a smaller group and was kind of, you know, conducting this focus group with them. And we have the clip. I want to play it for you because I, I again, I think it's laughable. He tries to spoon feed them what they should be thinking. And they in return, tell them, excuse me, sir, but I happen to think on my own. Now that's me paraphrasing, but you'll get, you'll get it when you hear it. Listen to this. First thing I want to ask you about Donald Trump, we have to be blunt about it is not a truth teller. That's the way he's always been when he was a businessman. He's been a politician. 
He has lied about the 2020 election, stuffed ballot boxes. It's all made up. He's lost dozens of court cases. Does it bother you that he keeps talking about 2020 and not 2024? I'll ask you first. This is Jonathan Leslie. He's 40, Republican, voted for Trump twice. How do you feel about those lies? So I feel like part of it's also the media narrative, as you guys asked him the first question at the town hall about the 2020 election rather than current stuff. So don't you think he could say it's time for me to start talking about 2024 and not lies that aren't true? Couldn't the media ask him a question about 2024? Well, there were questions, but you're right. That was the first thing, but that's something that was on our mind. <laughs> don't you think he should have set the record straight? Well, that was what you asked him. Well, I guess it is. I mean, it's literally there is no winning for Trump. When you hear, I hope that guy hears this clip. I, I didn't get his name. Forgive me. I hate playing audio without knowing these people's names. But if anybody knows that guy, please tag him somewhere in social media and tell him that we just played a clip of him. He sounds like a, a, a literal fool. And I'd love to give him a chance to come on this audience. And again, you know what I love about this? I didn't make this show. This show's been on the air before I was born, right? 1978, Larry King. You guys have heard of him. The guy's a legend. Jim Bohannon, a legend, right? 45 years of some of the best hosts. I'm here now and I'm grateful and blessed to be here. And the six and a half million people on hundreds of affiliates across the country that listen to this program, uh, I'm blessed to be a part of this with you. And, and I count it as a, a, an awesome responsibility to, to bring you this information and to share my opinions with you. And with that being said, this guy who, somebody's gotta know his name, um, in this vast audience, I hope will bring it to his attention that he sounds like a tremendous, I'm going to use the word pendejo for lack of a better word. And I, I think he really, really should check himself because look, I don't go, I do not pretend to be something that I'm not. I really don't. Right. I come on here. I am uh, conservative. I'm right of center. I'm uh, I've voted Republican. I can't remember the last time I voted for a Democrat if I ever did at all. So um, I know who I am and I don't pretend to be somebody else. But these guys want a job like mine, but pretend they're journalists. They pretend they're biased. They pretend unbiased. They pretend they're objective. And then they sit there and do things like this, trying to spoon feed how people should think. And I think it's crazy that that they do this. Uh, but I'm so happy that when he brings it to, to the one guy and says, hey, whatever his name is, and uh, we are... Um, we are um, getting your opinions. What do you think about those lies? <laughs> and and he get you know he really gets an earful on that. So uh, I'm really happy about that. Now I'm going to continue here because this it's that craziness that is fueling the anger, the uh, the left going scorched earth over all of this. And again, if you want to chime in on this, please feel free to give us a call, 833-482-5337. I, I usually mess up the phone number, so go with the letters, 833-4-VALDEZ, and uh, let me know what you think about this. But lots of folks on the left are very upset with CNN. Why? Because they aired this uh, 2024 campaign town hall with former President Trump. And now everybody from AOC to, to the actual staff are fuming. Now, of course, AOC, uh, who um, we just heard from, we played the audio moments ago, uh, she was very, very upset, uh, saying that, you know, she would have done more to police uh, Trump's speech. Uh, others are saying that CNN should be ashamed of themselves. Listen to this. 
Um, this is an interesting one here. CNN should be ashamed of themselves. They've lost total control of this town hall to again be manipulated into platforming election disinformation, defenses of January 6th, and a public attack on sexual abuse victim, on a sexual abuse victim. The congresswoman tweeted that was AOC referencing E. Jean Carroll. Now, um, the, uh, this is the first CNN event to feature Trump since the 26th campaign, the 2016 campaign, excuse me. And um, lots of people are very upset. Now, Trump called uh, E. Jean Carroll a whack job. Apparently, you're not allowed to do that. Now, I, I just, would I do that if I were in this situation? Probably not. Uh, I don't think that's what I, but maybe I would. Who knows, right? Maybe I'd call her a pendeja instead of a whack job. Who knows? But what I will say is that you can't take away somebody's right to talk. I mean, you just literally can't. They went to court. There was an outcome. He was found not guilty of rape. Now he's saying his piece. Uh, he's appealing the, the battery charge. He's appealing the defamation charge. Makes sense to me. I don't understand how we, we continually, I thought we kind of got past that in 2016, in, in 2020 rather, where they said, you know what, we're going to get rid of Trump because he said this and he said that and he did this. And we, and we realized, you know, we're, we're literally banning the president of the United States from Twitter. That was not cool. Whether you like the guy or not, look, I don't like Joe Biden. I've never once said that he should be banned. I've never once said that his lies about the border should be considered a misinformation. No, it's just that. It's political rhetoric and it's lies. And what do I do? I get on the radio every night and I say, Joe Biden's a liar. And I call him all sorts of names and I call him Joe El Baboso Biden. And that is what free speech is all about. At least last I checked, right? That's what I, I thought it was about. But anyway, just to come full circle on this <clears throat> before we move into the next topic, which will be climate change. The, uh, to, to blame CNN, you could blame anybody you want. I don't want to take away AOC's free speech either. But to, to suggest that somehow AO, uh, that CNN is wrong because they allowed Trump on, I think this is beyond the pale. And Joe Scarborough's comments, again, beyond the pale. And if you haven't heard them, maybe I'll play those for you uh, because – they're, you know, they're they're almost painful to listen to, really, from uh, his comments from the morning joke. But he, he says it was disgraceful on every level. OK, great. Criticize it all you want. Call Trump. That's what this is. Right. Trump goes on, says he points at them all and says, you, you're a fake news, fake news. Right. He does that all the time. I think it's terrific. Uh, then Scarborough goes and he takes his shot. And that's how we have a dialogue in this country. That's literally how it works. It doesn't always have to be that. um that um, incendiary, but again, it is what it is. And that, that's where we are. But to suggest that we shouldn't allow Trump to have a chance to run for president, that we shouldn't allow Trump to speak his mind when he's invited somewhere and ask questions, he should be allowed to answer the questions, especially if you're the one asking those questions. I mean, how ridiculous are we getting in this whole situation? Anyway, we're going to get to your calls and more straight ahead. 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. 833-4-VALDEZ. Plus, we've got a really good show for you later. We've got a couple of really interesting guests coming up. I'll explain those on the other side. Don't go anywhere and don't move a muscle. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. 
McKissick helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Welcome back. Now, I wanted to get into some climate change stuff, but I've changed my mind. I want to go into something else. Um, I want to talk about this story. This is interesting here because um, this is uh, just funny to me. Funny, but not funny, you know? Like, I think you'll be able to relate and go, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Uh, but listen to this. Diane Feinstein once confused Raphael Warnock with Tim Scott, according to a new book. Feinstein has uh, faced calls to resign from her fellow Democrats over her declining health. Let us continue. Some of Dianne Feinstein's uh, uh, antics include once confusing Senator Tim Scott, the Republican from South Carolina, with Senator Raphael Warnock, Democrat from Georgia, in the uh, Senate hallways, according to an excerpt from a forthcoming book. The story goes that Feinstein previously ran into Scott, seemingly uh, sometime in 2021, congratulated him on his recent election victory and claimed she was happy to serve with him. In an excerpt published in Politico, the Washington Post's Ben Terrace wrote, it was obvious to Scott and the staffers in, uh, in tow that Feinstein had mistaken the South Carolinian for Raphael Warnock, the newly elected Democrat senator from Georgia. Both Scott and Warnock are black. Warnock won a runoff in 2021 with uh, John Ossoff. So uh, the uh, anecdote comes amidst intense scrutiny over Feinstein's age and fitness for office as she recently returned to the Capitol in a wheelchair after being away for three months due to a shingles diagnosis. There have been numerous reports that her suffering uh, includes cognitive decline, and this has been going on for months. So now everybody's uh, up in arms trying to uh, push her out because they'd prefer to have somebody that could take a vote. And if she's not around, she's not voting like she ought to. And it's just interesting to me because I'm thinking, I'm a Republican. Uh, I want her out and on vacation because what judge is Biden going to put forward that we're eventually going to like? Right. I mean, we don't have any of the chairmanships in the Senate, so it doesn't look like a win for us in any way. So I think, you know, hey, let it be, you know, let it be. But this is where we are. And uh, Rep. Ro Khanna, he's a Democrat, um, Bernie Sanders type. 
he's repeatedly been calling on her to resign. So we'll see what's going on. And plus, I'll take your calls on that as well. On you think she should resign? Um, I say she's the only thing stopping us from a senator and uh, Adam Schiff <laughs> and Adam Schiff for brains. Hmm. I don't know what's better: Warnock in a wheelchair at home on a uh, sabbatical, or Adam Schiff in the Senate. Hmm. Not not very bueno for me. Anyway, I want to do a little Hunter Biden here and uh, the Biden crime family overall. We've got this uh, clip here. I think it's number seven where uh, Kevin McCarthy is uh, on Fox News today uh, saying there are severe problems if the FBI withholds information from Congress. And by that, he's talking about this um, information from the informant where he is a whistleblower saying, yeah, I observe Biden uh, taking a bribe. Listen to this. James Comer, one of your chairmen, revealed a lot of information yesterday, but the FBI is still stonewalling a subpoena on information that might tie the big guy, Joe, to these family dealings that were revealed at the press conference. What do you do about that? That's unacceptable. I'm going to call um, Director Ray today because we have oversight of the FBI. We have the right. Comer is simply following information that he has found. We should find all the information. Isn't it quite interesting that foreign countries give millions of dollars to different LLCs that trace down to the entire Biden family, to grandchildren? What are they doing? Why are you hiding money that direction? And why is foreign money coming from other countries while he's in office? What are they doing? 170 suspicious activity reports? I mean, one is bad enough. Yeah. Who has that many? And why? Why would you hold that information back? You're protecting. You'd want all in the open. And as a member of Congress, it doesn't matter if this person is Republican or Democrat. We have oversight of the FBI. If the FBI at any times thinks they could withhold information from Congress, we have a severe problem on our hands. Now, listen, I agree with McCarthy here. I think he's uh, he's spot on. The FBI is refusing to comply with a subpoena issued by the House Oversight Committee requiring it to send over an informant file detailing what they call a, quote, alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions, end quote. While the subpoena was illegal, uh, was legally binding, the FBI argued that because the file included an FD-1023 form, uh, testimony from a confidential human source, that it was unverified and by definition incomplete and thus had to remain protected. And instead of issuing a redacted version of it, they just said, nope, you're not getting anything. So meaning we'll go to court, we'll drag this out, we'll do what we can. This will end up in a court in D.C. where we have some friendly judges that again can stonewall this probably into 2026. And that's their goal. And now the um, Christopher Dunham, uh, he's the... uh, acting assistant director uh, at the FBI, he says that a FD-1023 form documents information as told to line FBI agents. And this is why it's uh, deemed incomplete. Recording the information does not validate the information, establish its credibility, or weigh it against other information known or developed by the FBI. Again, this is almost the same CNN thing, right? So, hey, Trump, we're going to bring you on to ask you questions. We're going to ask you questions, and you can lie, you can tell the truth, you can make a joke, you can do whatever. Uh, Instead, he said, well, we can't bring on Trump. Here's the thing, because we don't know what he's going to say is true. And if we can't verify that, then guess what? We can't bring him on. That's not how it works, my friend. No, senor. So this, to me, 
is the problem that we have. And I don't know if this is just people trying to be slick by trying to get over on things, or is this people actually deciding um, you're stupid and I'm going to say whatever I feel like and you're going to believe me because you're stupid. And I tend to think that they think we're stupid. And uh, I think they've got another thing coming. When, you, when you've got people all over the country that are kind of saying, look, you know, I, I go places. People that hate Trump are telling me, this Biden guy's got to go. You know, they're almost like, I'm almost ready to vote for Trump again. That's how bad Biden is. So I think the Democrats need to reevaluate what's going on, figure out a way to get rid of Biden, uh, get him some really good advice. And uh, this isn't it, right? If if Biden wants to win, all he's got to do is steal a page from P- Trump's uh, playbook and say, look, you know, and use doublespeak to do it, right? All Biden has to do is say, look, we believe in the American dream and squint and smile. I'm a lunch bucket guy coming out of Scranton, Pennsylvania. My granddaddy worked in the steel mines. And that's all he's got to do is just say a few of these stories. Say, we're we're working for the working moms. We're working for this one, that one, and whatever. For everybody who's incarcerated and shouldn't be. We're we're, we're sticking up for you. And that's why we're going to shut down the border. That's why we're going to make sure it's Americans that have jobs. Not every last Tom, Dick, and Harry or Jose, Pepe, and Akbar to come through the border. That's not what we're right. This is what he should do. And he can deliver that speech beautifully. And people would say, you know, you'd have Republicans that are on the fence or uh, independents that tend to vote Republican. They'd say, oh, well, look, there he is. You know, I gave him a chance. He's finally coming through. But no, he doesn't do these things that he would win at. He'd have a handful of people like Bernie Sanders saying, well, I take exception. I personally I think what what the president's saying is wrong. I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong-headed, but we'll have a conversation. We could talk about it. And, you know, they could do this thing. But ultimately, I think he would do well. But no, he's ill-served. He doubles down. He gets Alejandro Mayorkas to come on in and say, it's going to take a while. And um, uh, uh, it's going to take us. uh, This approach is going to take a while. It's going to be chaos. The whole thing is chaos. Anyway. Uh, I've got to take a pause here. I was just getting into a little little bit of a roll there. But uh, you get me talking about Biden, I enjoy myself. But we're going to continue this discussion, plus your calls, 833-4-VALDEZ, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Again, our phone number, 833-4-VALDEZ, taking your calls uh, until, uh, I guess, for the next 15 minutes. If you want to get in, happy to do it. But I wanted to make mention of uh, the amazing audience because you guys have come through along with our crack production team in the studio. And Gary Tuckman is the gentleman who we played the audio of earlier, the CNN uh, correspondent who was uh, force-feeding opinions, saying, what do you think about those lies? Trump's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. And the guy says, well, I think you guys are liars. And he's like, yeah, but Trump could have told us not to be liars. <laughs> and, and he was like, well, but you could have also like not lied. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. That's how I um, break that one down. And you guys heard the audio, so you could think what you'd like of it. But Gary Tuckman is the gentleman on there. Gary, 
I hope you listened to that clip of audio, whether it was in context, out of context, whatever, and what have you. I think you should stop leading, right? Just ask the questions. What'd you think about Trump? Do you think Trump was truthful in his responses? Yeah, there you go. Yes or no? Why? Why not? Follow up. I'm not a journalist, but uh, I've seen the, a, a few good ones at it. And it, 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 it's not as complicated as some of these guys make it seem to be. Right? Just look at a guy like Peter Ducey. Asks great questions. He's never leading. He has great information. He holds you to it. You could still ask pointed questions and, and not um, you know, try to force feed someone into believing something. Anyway, I want to switch gears quickly to a story that's making national headlines and tick a lot of people off. Since I know some people are watching basketball right now and figured this is a good time to do it. <clears throat> guy named Daniel Penny. All right. He uh, is the veteran of the Marine Corps that was let go initially after putting somebody in a uh, rear naked choke on a New York City subway and then um, subsequently the gentleman died. And now he's being charged with second degree manslaughter uh, in the killing of Jordan Neely for administering this chokehold. Now, I know there's a lot of people and, you know, lamentably, these become political issues, right? It's almost like clockwork that we say, oh, my gosh, people got to defend themselves. And you know, every supporter of the Second Amendment, Republican, conservative, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's like, you know, hey, he was just doing the right thing. And then every Democrat, liberal, progressive comes out and says, you know, nobody should die on a subway. And, you know, I got to tell you, I agree with both of them, right? I think that, you know, if, if, if you're provoked and you're in danger, you've got to be able to defend yourself. And I believe that I should be able to ride the subway. My kids should ride the subway. Anybody on the planet should be able to ride the subway, including a homeless person, and not die. Now, with that being said, I'm not indicting this guy. I think this guy's an American hero, and he did what he felt was right at the moment. But he's going to have to face the music on this one. Right. I think this is um, this is a, an interesting place to be. This is a, a tough place that we've landed. And I, I again, I think I shared with you the day this happened. That would have been my move of choice too, to quickly get somebody out of the picture, put them in a rear naked choke, put them to sleep, drop them off at the next stop, whatever it is. You know, that puts things to bed very quickly. Lamentably whether it was that he kept the chokehold on too long, uh, the guy was on drugs, the guy was ill. These are all things that you have to take into consideration. I mean, I am responsible for me. If I get into a fight with somebody and they're trying to box me and I decide to close the distance, come in quick, go for the clinch, put him in a rear naked choke, and he's got medical issues, is that somehow now not my fault that I put him in a rear naked choke? Of course it's my fault. I did that. And, and we're going to have a problem. And I think that's what we're seeing here. So it's, the whole thing is unfortunate. And I wish everybody the best in this situation. I really do. Uh, but this is where we are. Hopefully, um, you know, um, second degree manslaughter won't stick um, unless that's the involuntary one. And again, I don't know if that's um, how they do it in New York. I'd have to double check or check with one of our great experts. But lamentably, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a sad situation that the one guy's dead when he really just needed some help. And the guy was screaming. You know what I mean? Again, I, 
I'm a little bit of a bleeding heart for things like this, right? I really am. I, I, the guy was saying he was hungry. He didn't care if he died. Clearly, this was a cry for help. And then he goes in there and he acts up because, you know, like most homeless in New York City, these people are, are hurting. They're not well. And they become violent. They become, they, they're, they're schizophrenic. They act up. And listen, I've seen this stuff firsthand, firsthand. And I've been in similar situations firsthand. And uh, I'm glad that I wasn't in this situation. And I was talking about this with a cop friend today. And he was telling me that, he wasn't really following the case, but he was like, oh, the guy was a vet. And he's like, yeah, he served overseas. And I was like, yeah, I think the guy was in Afghanistan. He's like, you know, with a good lawyer, he'll probably get off with, you know, saying he had PTSD and that the guy was trained to kill and he was used to killing people in Afghanistan. And he was just doing what he was trained to do and reacting in the heat of the moment. And hopefully um, it's an involuntary manslaughter charge. Um or, or they just dismiss that and, you know, whatever. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I, I think it, it's horrible that this has happened. And uh, we'll get to your calls straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Valdez. All right, let's go to Wanda in Hopkinsville, Kentucky on WHOP. Wanda, quickly, go right ahead. Yes. I'm, my thoughts are we're all in our synagogues on Sundays, in our churches, etc. And we're supposed to be spiritual people. And we are adults. We're not children. I think all the politicians, radio announcers, and all should stop calling names. It's not a good look. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, Wanda, but I'll tell you, I'd be out of a job. If I didn't have the ability to come up with clever nicknames like AOC All Out Crazy or Donaldus Magnus El Trompito or Joe El Baboso Biden, I, I think I wouldn't have half the audience I've been able to gain over the years. And I don't think I'd, I'd have this job right now because um, ultimately my job is to be entertaining and informative. And I've often said I think Donald Trump – in, in even though he isn't, he's like the first talk radio host that became president. <laughs> you know, if there were ever a talk of Rush Limbaugh ever became president, it would look like the Trump presidency where he, little rocket man, little Marco. You know, I mean, he came up with so many sleepy Joe, crooked Hillary. I think the name calling was was just um, fantastic. And it helped to uh, display or put on display how um, biased the media really is. And how uh, you, you have to just sometimes do those types of things to break away from the pack. But thank you for your call, Wanda. I do appreciate it. Bill in Rock Springs, Wyoming, KNEB. Go right ahead quickly. Good evening. Um, I voted for Trump in 2016. I didn't vote for him in 2020 because of the fact that he did not keep the two specific campaign promises that he made that caused me to vote for him in the first place, yeah. which were readily keepable. One of them was he was going to put Hillary in jail. He decided that she'd been through enough, so he's not going to put her in jail. <laughs> really? Okay. Uh, and the, the other? other one was that he uh, said he was going to bring our troops home from the 800 bases there 
bullying and terrorizing the world from around the world. Well, he, as the as the commander in chief, he could have done that the first day, the same way he could have put Hillary in jail the first day as mm -hmm. the top cop in the country. Now, Bill, do you have a website? Can can any of our listeners vote for you for president? Bill 2024? Donald Trump doesn't stop selling the poison vaccines. Yeah, but what about you? Can we vote for you? Would you take the job? I'm not going to bother to vote if things keep going the way they're going. But I think some people out there might want to vote for you. Yeah. Well, if it's going to be like, no, don't for me. It's going to be like Thomas Jefferson's third term. You can vote for me. You can elect me, but you're going to have to replace it because I ain't going to show up. Well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. Wish we had more time. Uh, but thank you. It's attitudes like that, that type of mindset that will build America, folks. Anyway, more to come straight ahead. James Agresti's up next. Don't go anywhere and don't move a muscle. the city that never sleeps 17 miles from madison square garden new york city it's america at night with rich valdez america's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across america and now here is your host rich valdez Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And if you want to join this late-night live national town hall forum, feel free to do so. Our telephone number is 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. Now, the House has passed a Secure Border Act uh, in a vote of 219 to 213, this is, of course, in response to the expiration of Title 42, which is set to expire in something like 53 minutes or 52 minutes. And um, in the days heading into Title 42, we've seen more than 10,000 illegal border crossers per day showing up at the border. So if we thought it, it's, if we thought it was bad in the last three days, they're anticipating it's going to get even worse. Now, on the uh, economic front, Microsoft is not going to be providing any salary increases to their full-time employees this year. And inflation has actually eroded the buying power of those earning uh, Social Security benefits by 36% since 2000. So it doesn't matter what kind of cost of living increase you're getting you're you're losing what you uh, have been able to what you could have once bought. And uh, that's very unfortunate for those that are on fixed incomes. Plus, President Trump last night uh, addressed the uh, ongoing debacle with the debt ceiling uh, in his CNN town hall, which has caused uh, lots of ripples and waves. We'll get to that later. But I want you to hear this quick clip from President Trump on CNN last night. If they don't give you massive cuts, you're going to have to do a default. And I don't believe they're going to do a default because I think the Democrats will absolutely cave because you don't want to have that happen. But it's better than what we're doing right now. 
because we're spending money like drunken sailors. So you know just to be expression? clear, Mr. President, you think the U.S. should default if the White House does not agree to the spending cuts Republicans well, are demanding? We might as well do it now because you'll do it later. Because we have to save this country. Our country is dying. Our country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. You once said that using the, that using the debt ceiling as a negotiating wedge uh, just could not happen. You, you said that when you were in the That's Oval Office. president. So, so why is it different now that you're out of office? Because now I'm not president. <laughs> The U.S. defaulting would be massively consequential well, for it's, everyone it's, in this room, for all of us. You don't know. It's psychological. It's really psychological more than anything else. And it could be very bad. It could be maybe nothing. Maybe it's a, you have a bad week or a bad day. But look, you have to cut your costs. We're, we're spending $7 trillion on much of it on nonsense. So there we go. We've got President Trump, El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of the United States, saying, look, this is what we ought to do. We do it now or we do it later. Now, I'm of the thinking that we probably shouldn't do it ever. But what do I know? You know, I mean, maybe maybe he's on to something. Uh, I tend to think that we should just probably spend less and, uh, and and try to, you know, continue without without defaulting and without spending any more. But I want to bring in somebody who's been excellent on this issue. Uh, he's a friend of the program. And you've heard him here before uh, talking about everything you've heard about the debt limit and why it's wrong. James Agresti is the president of Just Facts. Jim, welcome. Rich, an honor to be back with you. Brother, you sound terrific. I'm glad you're here. And uh, I really want to dig into this because, you know, I, I constantly, you know, when I bring this up, I, I try to make it as rudimentary as possible because both foreign policy and fiscal policy are not things that excite me. So I don't pay a ton of attention. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of Americans. But, but uh, I look at this and I say, look, I have to pay my bills. And if I want to borrow more money so I can take on more bills, well, that's probably not a good idea. And I feel like that's what Congress is trying to do. They're always trying to they take on more bills and then they want to borrow more money in order to cover that and increase their credit limit and this uh, debt ceiling. And I think it's a bad idea, but uh, break it down for us and tell us why everything we've heard is wrong. Sure. So right now, the federal government is spending 22 percent more than it collects in revenues. That is not a good place to be in, given that the, we're already $31.5 trillion in debt. Now, that's a really big number. So let's break it down real simple, uh, just like a personal household. If we took that debt and we divided it by every household in America, we'd each owe a quarter million dollars. You got an extra quarter million laying around? Because I don't. Not for now, the government. <laughs> no. I mean, we, even if you, you know, I don't have it for anyone. I just don't That's have right. it. So <laughs> what happens is the government never pays that off. And the effects of the debt ripple through the economy. And what's really nefarious about it is it attacks people and hurts people in ways they don't even realize what's happening. Inflation is a cause of runaway debt. We've experienced that. Uh, wage stagnation. You know, who do you blame if, if uh, your wages aren't going up, either yourself or your boss? And in fact, one of the ways the debt impacts us is stagnating our wages. So Republicans in Congress are saying, hey, this has gotten out of control here, and we want to scale this back a little bit. 
And what they're saying is over the next 10 years, we want to reduce deficits, not the debt, mind you, just how fast we're going into debt by about 25% or $5 trillion relative to what Biden has planned for us. So this is not some, hey, we're going to run a bounce budget uh, situation. This is they're saying, hey, we've got to get things under control a little bit. And Biden's saying, no, I will not accept any of these cuts. And uh, if you don't raise the debt ceiling, we're going to default on the debt. And you heard Trump pretty much say the same thing. I'm here to tell you all of that is nonsense. Mm-hmm. When it comes to paying the debt, we have ample opportunity, ample money, revenues to service the debt. Federal revenues are about $5.1 trillion, and servicing the debt is less than a trillion. So what we can do is actually service the debt and have trillions of dollars left over for other government functions. But Biden and others are saying, hey, uh, you know, they're painting a worst case scenario as a negotiating technique and saying, if, if you don't give me what I want, we're going to default and everyone's going to blame you. And, and, and it's interesting because when you do the math, $5.1 trillion in revenues, and, and this is, I think, what we've talked about on this program, uh, which is why I, I hear these things and I, I kind of scratch my head a little bit. Uh, but $5.1 trillion of revenues in 2022, uh, you said less than a billion, about uh, three quarters of, of, uh, of, of that, right? So you're mm-hmm. left with um, plenty. Right. <laughs> Plenty. Yeah, four, to, four, more than four trillion dollars you have. In yeah, four and a quarter. In the interest on the debt. Exactly. So I'm thinking, why is this being ignored? Yeah, <laughs> I can't read minds. I'm a fax guy. And yeah. I can tell you that the law requires Biden to pay that. He is in charge of the Treasury. The Treasury is part of the executive branch of the government. He appoints the head of the Treasury. And he's responsible for doing that. So if it doesn't happen, it's because President Biden has chosen not to make it happen, perhaps as a negotiating technique to say, hey, I am going to create hell on earth unless you give me what you want. And, and that happened during a govern, government shutdown uh, a couple of years ago uh, under Obama. And he tried to make it as miserable as possible for everyone and then blamed Republicans. Uh, one of the things I remember they did is they uh, interfered with a World War II memorial event. They wouldn't let veterans who had planned to go visit the memorial go visit the memorial. All they had to do was let them go. Instead, they uh, cordoned off the area and put guards there, which cost money to stop them from going, and then blamed it on Republicans. You know, and this is why I think when we hear the clip that we heard where Trump says, we might as well default now. This is him calling them on the bluff. At least that's how I see it. <laughs> when I say I think he's on to something, I think he's on to something in so much as I think he knows that we have enough um, revenues to cover the debt service and and with what we collect. So therefore, why not call them out? Because it's a win, right? It's a win for anybody who's going to call out Biden. And it's it's not a win for Biden. If we actually do default, everybody is going to look at Biden. Everybody is going to look at the Democrats, in my opinion, if, if they don't do the right thing. I don't think they're able to hang this one around the, the necks of Republicans as much as they may want to. And I know you're a facts guy, but that's my political analysis. Do you, you agree, disagree? What are your thoughts? Based on experience, and this isn't a factual thing, like you said, it's, a, it's an analysis. It's a guess or an educated guess. I think the Republicans will get hung with this. 
And I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. the media is incredibly deceptive. Uh, in my article on this topic, which is at JustFactsDaily.com, I, I go piece by piece through how the media has misled the public about this. And most of the public has bought it. They control the narrative. I mean, obviously, we have social media. We have great shows like yours. But uh, we are fighting a massive ecosystem. We're fighting Google. We're, we're fighting big tech to, to, who basically try to mislead people about these kind of events. Uh, I think of a, a previous uh, debt impasse under uh, Newt Gingrich. And, uh, man, the media uh, pummeled him. The polls went down for Republicans. And they caved. Hmm. Well, not the news I wanted to hear, <laughs> but uh, good analysis nonetheless. Folks, we're on with uh, Jim Agresti. He's president of Just Facts Institute, JustFacts.com. They have a daily website as well, um, JustFactsDaily.com. Check them out. They have some excellent stuff on on a myriad of issues. And we're going to continue this discussion as well as some of the other work that they're working on at Just Facts. Straight ahead. Don't move a muscle. This is America night with rich valdez well thank you rich and thank you for everything i know you very well and i have i listen but i have a lot of people that listen and they love your show and i appreciate it very much america at night with Rich Valdez. By now, of course, it is old news that Donald Trump is about as qualified to run the country as a broken brick. But the danger here is he holds enormous sway over Speaker McCarthy and the hard right. This isn't difficult. Can we all clearly and unmistakably take default off the table? Will Speaker McCarthy take default off the table? He is the only one of the five of us who met at the White House who has not answered that. All right, that's uh, Senate Minority Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. And um, Schumer, of course, is here um, making an appeal to remove the proverbial walk away from the table, uh, you know, last ditch effort of a negotiating tactic. Right. And I think this is what uh, the Republicans are holding out for. Um, our guest, James Agresti, thinks that if they do do this, they get stuck with it. He may, in fact, be right. I think go for it nonetheless, because we have the money to cover uh, and we won't really go to default. But will we? Anyway, we'll, let's continue our conversation with James Agresti, president of Just Facts. Check them out at JustFacts.com. Excellent website. They also have Just Facts Daily, where you can uh, get these little tidbits, these little factoids that are excellent in um, helping you... Uh, separate fact from fiction. Uh, Jim, welcome back. Um, I, I would like to get your uh, initial response to what uh, Schumer is talking about. So what he's saying is the polar opposite of reality. The government has ample revenues to service the debt. And the only way an actual default can occur is if President Biden disregards the federal law that requires him to pay the debt. And by the way, it is extremely explicit. It says the faith of the United States government is pledged to pay the debt. It says the secretary of the treasury shall pay interest on the debt. 
These are very definitive. These are not like discretionary government programs for which money is appropriated, and sometimes it's not even spent. These are direct orders the president has sworn to uphold, along with the Constitution, which states the validity, validity of the public debt of the United States shall not be questioned. It is his job to pay it. He has the money to do it. And if he doesn't do that, he will be violating the law and the Constitution he has sworn to uphold. Yeah, you know, I, I think the, these are facts, um, which you specialize in, which, which go unnoticed and, and underreported way too often. And I think for that reason, this is why we're able to see uh, the Democrats, in particular um, Biden uh, and Schumer at all, come in here and 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 use platitudes to really just kind of sweep things under the carpet. And I'm hoping that we're getting closer and closer to a time where the public says, you know what, I've had enough. You're not pulling the wall, the wool over my eyes yet again. Uh, I just don't know that we're there yet, Jim. I'm hoping you're right, Rich, and that's what we're all about here, right? You and I are about educating people and giving them information to make informed decisions. And the more people we reach, the better it's going to be. So we keep pushing away. That's why we do what we do. Now, I'm looking at a piece you wrote um, just a couple of months ago on um, the Nobel Peace Prize winning uh, economist Paul Krugman and his uh, accounting of our national debt. And the, um, the adjective that you used was jailworthy. Krugman's accounting of the national debt is jailworthy. Tell us why. So, obviously, he, his, by using his free speech to make a comment, he can't be put in jail. We all understand that. But if you read the article, what you see is that the actions he's engaged in, if he were a corporate executive and reported the numbers he's reporting, in a, in a financial report for investors, they'd send him to jail. Bernie Madoff, you know, if he was still around, he, he'd have Krugman for a cellmate. Because what <laughs> he's doing is he's, he's basically reporting different uh, measures of debt, different measures of projections, mixing them up, and leaving people to believe that the debt is not as bad as they thought it would be. Ten years ago, he's saying the debt's not that bad. Don't worry about it. But thankfully, I have a nearly phonographic, not photographic, but phonographic memory. And I remember Krugman writing 10 years ago about the debt and what he said would happen. And when I went back to look at that article, pulled it out of my files, boom, I saw that the debt was way worse than Krugman said it would be 10 years ago. In other words, his prediction was way, way lower than the reality. Way, and it's much, much worse. And now he's saying, no, it, it's better than everybody thought it would be. Yep. And uh, Jim, I just, I want to thank you. We're pretty much out of time and I want to let everybody know how they could keep up to speed with the work that you're doing. Let everybody know how they could uh, follow you and, and uh, check out the website. The surest way to keep abreast of what we do is go to justfacts.com and enter your email. We have good Facebook following. Uh, we have other social media outlets, but most of the things we post, and this is the same for everybody, you know this, Richie, gets mm -hmm. um, to maybe 5% of your audience at most. So if you want it all in a once-a-week email, this is the surest way to get the facts. Outstanding. All right, folks. Jim Agresti, president of Just Facts, JustFacts.com. Lamentably, we had a couple of callers on the line, uh, but... 
The clock is about to run out. So big shout out to Frank in Cumberland, Maryland, and Ozzy in Pittsburgh. Uh, hopefully you guys can give us a call back at midnight when we get into open phones. Love to hear what you have to say. And if you're able to hang on, feel free to do that. Jim, thanks again. And folks, we're coming back to discuss Title 42 with uh, Christy Hutcherson with respect to what's happening at the border. Don't go anywhere. this moment for almost two years and our plan will deliver results it will take time for those results to be fully realized and it is essential that we all take this into account our current situation is the outcome of congress leaving a broken outdated immigration system in place for over two decades despite unanimous agreement that we desperately need legislative reform it is also the result of Congress's decision not to provide us with the resources we need and that we requested. Our efforts within the constraints of our broken immigration system are focused on ensuring that the process is safe, orderly, and humane, all while protecting our dedicated workforce and our communities. Okay, that is uh, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas uh, yet again just crying, woe is me, when it's his job to fix this broken system. He's here explaining that it's broken and it's going to take time to see results as if he hasn't been there for three years. I think the entire thing is laughable and offensive and borderline criminal, in my opinion. Uh, But that's what's going on with Title 42 scheduled to end in 26 minutes. I think we're we're in for a a a very difficult situation. Our guest is founder, president and spokesperson for Women Fighting for America. She's an expert on this immigration crisis. Her name is Christy Hutcherson. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. So let's talk about the messaging here, because uh, Mayorkas is telling us it's going to take time. It, it, he sounds weak and indecisive to me. The administration seems weak and indecisive and uh, or complicit and incompetent. If, if you want to have it, you know, on the other side of the coin. And ultimately, this sends a message internationally to people that are thinking of coming here. Uh, what do you think about their messaging and how does this affect uh, what many are saying is a humanitarian crisis? Well, thank, that's a great question. Uh, first, it's it's not weak. It's not incompetence. Uh, it is methodical, well thought out plan to open up our borders, keep them open for the last two plus years to destabilize our country. And it's purposeful. Uh, Biden himself and this administration is actively working with the Mexican government to uh, facilitate the illegals coming into this country. It is a masterful plan. Uh, So, again, it's not incompetence. This is a purposeful plan. Title 42 is a very important. um, It was it was done for the pandemic under the covid restrictions. And it's so we can literally turn them around and and expel them out of the country immediately. The problem that we're having at the border 
right now, this is what we've seen in the last two years is going to be nothing after uh, midnight tonight. We have 867,000. That is not my numbers. That's the United Nations number. 867,000 illegals who are waiting to rush the border at midnight in different sectors. So when they break down the sectors, they say, oh, we saw 10,000 people yesterday. Well, that's one sector. We have over 2,000 plus miles of a southern border. We have a northern border, but we also have a western and eastern border as well. Now, um, I I just want to remind the audience that you're one of a few Americans who's uh, and few guests that have been on this program that have traveled the entirety of the 2000 miles of the southern border. Um, What's that been like in in your in your hundreds of trips there? Daunting. Uh, You see uh, atrocities, you see humanitarian, um, the humanitarian uh, problem that this has caused. Uh, You see the rapes, the murder, the rape trees, uh, the slaughterhouses, the stash houses, uh, the cr- the crime, the criminal activity that comes along with this. Uh, we've uncovered tunnels that um, are highly sophisticated tunnels. Tunnels are not new, but some of the new sophisticated tunnels that we've uncovered in the last four to six months have serious rep- uh, repercussions for this country. Uh, fortified walls, ceilings, rail systems, fiber optics in these things. Uh, we had Joe Biden's administration having scientists looking at these tunnels. What are they looking for? They're looking for particles. Uh, they're looking for dirty bombs, possible nuclear devices. It's not a mistake that you're starting to see hospital systems and our own federal agencies doing drills for cash ma- ma- uh, casualty events. Wow. So <clears throat> this is um, it's, it's so bizarre to me because, you know, I, I firmly believe from what I've observed, you know, that. Joe Biden's kind of overseeing the the largest human smuggling operation in the world. He's doing it at taxpayer expense at the U.S. Mm-hmm. border. It's kind of like an underground railroad that contributes to the modern day slave trade. And it's happening right here in America. And and I think people hear me say that and they think, man, you're too hyperbolic. You're you're really over the top. But when I look at these images and I speak with people like you that talk about rape trees, I don't even know if the audience even knows what a rape tree is. Tell us a little bit about it. So rape trees are horrific. And when you've been up to these different sectors of the border, we call it the Mexican highway. The Mexican highway is uh, very tough terrain. It's it's part of the border that the the mules will bring up the women and children who already have uh, Uh, somebody who's already purchased them. And so they bring them up through these routes and they're staging grounds. It takes me and my team, it takes us sometimes an hour and a half to two hours to get to these areas. And there's trees that have ropes and shackles on them. And they bring the women and children there. They tie them down and they violently, violently gang rape them into submission uh, before the transport comes and picks them up within usually typically 12 to 24 hours and then takes them to whoever purchased them in the United States of America. We have film footage of this, and it is disgusting and vile. One little girl who was rescued um, and found had 22 different men semen in her little cavity. This is real. Mm -hmm. This is going on at the border. And we're not even talking, unfortunately, about the slaughterhouses, where those are warehouses on the Mexican side of the border, where some of these individuals are taken, and unfortunately, they're literally murdered for their hearts, their lungs, their livers, their organs, and then sold on the black market. 
Wow. Now, um, I've heard of this stuff, but uh, to the skeptics that are listening saying, you know, lady, you know, you talk a good one, but how do you know about all this? What do you say to them? Go to my website and go look at the videos. I've gone live. I've shown this stuff. So if you don't want to believe it, that's up to you. But it is real. It's reality. Uh, We have film. We have footage. We have uh, been there. Me and my team have been there numerous times. We've extracted and rescued these individuals ourselves. We've been in the stash houses. We've been where there's remnants of sacrifices, where dead babies with decapitated heads. This is real. Uh, we, Like I said, Women Fighting for America, follow us. I go live and I show these atrocities. All right, folks, our guest is uh, Christy Hutcherson, and uh, she is the founder, president, and spokesperson for Women Fighting for America. Make sure you uh, check her out, uh, women at WFFA.WIN, WFFA.WIN is the website. And we're going to continue this discussion uh, with how many people are waiting where to come across the border because uh, Title 42 is scheduled to expire in 19 minutes. So uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Christy Hutcherson straight ahead. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. And uh, remember, our telephone number, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. If you want to speak with Christy Hutchinson, founder and president of Women Fighting for America, she's here with us. We've got a couple of calls. Uh, One is from Indiana. We've got Gene on the line, WIBQ. Gene, quickly, you're on with Christy Hutchinson and Rich Valdez. Go right ahead. Okay. I just get so angry at the fact that Democrats keep calling this the broken immigration system. It should be that they are not enforcing the immigration system. Uh, President Trump did it and it worked. You know, your thoughts. Thank you, Gene. I appreciate it. Christy Hutcherson. We don't have a broken immigration system. We have immigration laws on the books. Those laws are meant to protect Um, and bring in people the correct way, the right way. And the policies of the previous administration, they weren't perfect, but they were working uh, and they were saving lives. The policies of this administration, they're purposeful. And like I said, again, it's to to completely destabilize our nation in numerous ways. Uh, Our borders can be shut down in 24 hours. There's just no political will on both sides of the fence, by the way, right now. Uh, Both the the, uh, congressional Leaders and the White House have no intentions of closing down these borders. And quite frankly, the governors, um, they're not doing anything either. They're doing band-aids, what I call political band-aiding. We have um, our national uh, security agencies right now. In uh, February of 2023, the National Threat Assessment came out, report came out from the uh, Office of the National Intelligence Director. And in there, the TCOs, which are transcriminal organizations, which are the cartels, is on the number one of the number one threats from a national and domestic security perspective. Uh, And they talk about trafficking, weapons trafficking, organ trafficking, uh, drug trafficking. This is a serious threat to our our way of life and our republic and our democracy. 
this is purposeful. Like I said, it's a purposeful invasion. You have 174 plus different nations. We could have the borders down and shut in 24 hours, and that's the reality. All right, Gene, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, Christy Hutcherson, we also have uh, Tommy in Charleston, West Virginia, WCHS. Tommy, welcome. You're on with Christy Hutcherson and Rich Valdez. Go right ahead. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, Mr. Valdez and yes, uh, dear lady. Uh, I appreciate the, the things you said about the uh, struggle right on the border. Uh, uh, and I want to point out, and as we all, I think, noticed, that this is uh, considered a liberal democratic administration. The New York Times is considered a liberal democratic and is leaning a newspaper. Uh, they reported uh, in recent weeks that a good number of kids who are uh, being sponsored under the Asylum Seeker program uh, are being put to work and that uh, sponsors are manipulating uh, to their benefit uh, some of these uh, 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 kids and young adults or adults who are being given uh, Asylum Seeker status. How much does she know about that? And uh, can uh, I'll listen off the air. Thank you, Tommy. Go right ahead. So, unfortunately, a lot of the children who are absorbed into the system, whether it's through Child Protective Services or they have sponsors, um, and again, these these children are being not only through the labor labor trafficked and uh, the sex trade as well. Uh, this is a known fact. Thank goodness for the whistleblower who had the courage to stand up and and say something. But this is going on, and the Biden administration is the biggest human trafficker in the world at this point. This administration literally is the biggest human traffic organization in the world. And we're allowing this to happen. And the children, the poor children who are coming in this nation, the UACs, unaccompanied children especially, they're the most vulnerable. They are they are raped along the trail, um, you know, and the lucky ones who get through who aren't raped, uh, they have faced horrific horrific things on the on the border. They're harassed. Uh, they've seen dead bodies along the trail because that's the reality. They're not reporting that. So children are the most vulnerable, and this administration knows it, and they're aiding and abetting this. And I'm going to even go further than that. The NGOs, which are the non-governmental organizations like your Catholic Charities, Bethany Christian Services, Methodist Services, they do not want the borders shut because they're making Billions of dollars a year collectively on the backs of the taxpayer to facilitate human trafficking. And how does this stop? Well, it stops when the American people say enough is enough. We've had enough. We're angry enough. And we're going to put serious pressure on all of our lawmakers. Or, heck, why don't you just show up at the border and say no more, not on my watch? Yep. Great point. Great point. And, you know, it seems like. You know, a lot of people use the term invasion. There's an invasion. But I have to say there seems to be a grand old invitation from the United States government to people saying, look, come on in. We've created an app. If we run out of the the folks that are working in the NGOs to transport you to the rest of the interior of the country where we want you to be. Don't worry. You can just go on to our app and end up where you got to end up. And we got you. And if that's not rolling out the red carpet, I don't know what is Christy Hutcherson. Well, the app is kind of broken. It doesn't work really well. But I was listening to, uh, of course, Jeanette, uh, uh, 
John Pierre out of the White House. And she was Mm. saying how immigration went down 90 percent. Well, this is a lie. What they've done is they've allowed um, on the opposite side of the border in Mexico, for example, they're staging um, places all along the border so you can pre-register and you do the paperwork. Our own government's helping them do this um, with lawyers and other things, by the way, again, with the taxpayer funded dollars. And then they're already processed. So they're coming into the United States already processed. So, of course, the numbers are going to be fudged and they're going to look like they're going down. So don't believe that lie. Uh, the second thing is, right now, it is a 10 years, 10 years before you're even coming in front of the judge. So they're given a piece of paper. They're not vetted. We don't know who these people are in reality, where they come from, what their real true ages are. They're given a piece of paper to come back and show up in court. Well, that court date right now today is 10 to 12 years out. Most of them, as we know right now, who have already been given court dates, they don't even show up. So we are absorbing somewhere between in the last two and a half years, looking at all the data. And again, they've lied to the American people. The reality of it, when you look at the combined numbers of the gotaways, the ones that we've processed, and you look at the full border of the United States, not just the southern, we are estimating uh, somewhere between the 10 to 13 to 18 million that have already influxed into this country on top of the 47 million. Folks, we're on with Christy Hutcherson, founder, president of Women Fighting for America, the website WFFA.win. We're going to continue with her straight ahead, plus your calls, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. America at Night with Rich Valdez. Were you aware of Title 42? Sí. Sí. Por eso viniste. That's why you came here. Sí. Y quería no pasar antes del 11 porque se recuerda que no iban a jamás pasar más gente. He said he said he wanted to get here. He wanted to make sure to get here before the the cutoff of uh, or before uh, Title 42 ended. But he was well aware. So there we go. Um, we have an actual uh, border crosser um, telling a reporter in Spanish that he was at the border and needed to get here before the 11th of May in order to get in because they weren't going to let him in after that. So some are saying we've seen the worst of it. Others are saying we're about to see the worst of it. Christy Hutcherson, we've got about a minute. What say you? Oh, this is nothing. We're 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 being invaded at an unprecedented amount. Like I said, there's over 867,000 estimated illegals who are coming up through the border, through the Darien Pass, headed this way to the United States of America as we speak. I, I do want to press in. These are some of these individuals. 81% of everybody coming over the border are young adult single males. They do not qualify for asylum. They are not here for the most part for a better way of life. They want to infiltrate into the United States, and we're going to be picking up the bill for that. The American taxpayer, we cannot uh, sustain this. This is going to be a major strain on our system. On top of that, they're bringing all sorts of diseases that we've eradicated. This isn't mine. Southern uh, Medical Association is even saying this, cholera, smallpox, um, TB. Uh, We're going to see a lot of damage done by these open borders. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard by other reports that uh, half of the um, folks coming across the border 
are, aren't even from Latin America. They're from all over the world and they're not even Hispanic. So we're seeing people from the Middle East and from Africa and from all over the place come in, some from very unfriendly countries and unfriendly parts. Christy Hutcherson, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing and let everybody know how they can uh, follow you. Please, please follow us. You can follow me. Go to our website. That's the quickest, easiest way, WFFA.WIN, or just search Women Fighting for America. Uh, We're on Rumble. I'm on the front lines every day fighting for the American people. Please volunteer. Get involved. Donate. Um, Let's save this nation. Thank you, Christy Hutchison. Godspeed to you. Folks, Open Phone America is coming up right now, 833-4-VALDEZ, 833-4-VALDEZ. The lines are open. Get in line now. This way you're not hanging on when it's close to 1 o'clock. Let's get it done now. the city that never sleeps 17 miles from madison square garden new york city it's america at night with rich valdez america's favorite late night talk program featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across america and now here is your host rich valdez Hi there. Good evening. And what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. It's the Thursday edition of the program. And welcome to our late night national town hall forum where you get to be heard. Give us a call. 833-482-5337. I recommend calling in now and early. This way uh, you're not left holding at the end of the show which uh, happens more often than I'd like it to. But I try to get to as many calls as I can. And, um, of course, Title 42 Eight minutes ago. So um, we're going to keep you up to speed on what's going on at the border. Our team in the studio is monitoring the breaking news. Um, It's expected to be uh, a period of chaos, according to Biden and Mayorkas. And we've been discussing that throughout the night. Uh, We also discussed the debt ceiling and a whole lot of uh, uh, what's going on with Biden, as well as uh, Trump and the backlash against his town hall, mainly from those on the left against CNN saying, no, no, you can't allow Trump on there. So we'll have that discussion as well. But there's plenty to discuss. And I do want to jump right into your uh, phone calls because uh, I don't want to leave you hanging for too long. Uh, Let's go to Doc in Wilmington, Delaware. Go right ahead. WXDE. WDEL. Yes, sir. Yes, Mr. 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 Valdez. It's fantastic show tonight. Thank you for having a guest show. But I have have to refute both guests. The border is broken, and it has to be fixed by, by putting a wall up all the way across the border. We have to copy the Israelis. Uh, Rick, Jim had a guest on when he was still alive this past summer who was was former Defense Intelligence Agency. He wrote a book saying that under the Trump administration, the intelligence agencies, along with special operations forces of our, our, our military, actually apprehended at Muslim terror itself without the knowledge of the Mexican government, covertly. Now, on secondly... As far as statistics, your guess is all wrong. The guess you want to have on who will talk about unfunded liabilities is John Williamson. First, tell me, which guess are you talking about and what was wrong? They're both wrong because because the border leaks like a sieve 
and and it cannot be be fixed unless we put up a wall like the Israelis. Okay. But what, what did they say that was wrong? I'm I'm missing it. Well, she said the border could be shut down within 24 hours. That's totally false. That can't be done. Can't be done. Any expert will tell you it can't be done, Rich. Oh, how did Trump do it? Because I remember Trump doing that when COVID hit, uh, and it seemed like from one day to the next, voila, it was totally shut down. Because he had he had physical border 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 agents down there in droves. That's what we have to have personnel down there that can't shut it down. Now then, as to your guest on statistics saying that we're not broke as a country, that's totally false. You have to have a guest on named John Williamson. He was a guest on on Jim's show several times when Jim was alive. John Williamson has a site called ShadowStats.com. Well, we're not giving any free plugs, but we'll check it out for sure, Doc. I appreciate it. And uh, let's continue. Uh, No free plugs. That's how we pay the bills around here. Jane, Saratoga, New York, W-A-U-B. Go right ahead. Hey, hey, Rich. How are you? Uh, Okay. Good. I I have the lady that was on who just ended up. She was very good, by the way, and I appreciate you having her. Um, Thank you. What I what I'm wondering, all right, like here in New York, um, I had to go to the DMV to get a license. I waited two hours while many many Mexican people who did not speak English and who were there to register to be voters had their translators with them. So obviously Biden and the other dirtbags are um, buying voters. So how do we stop this? How do we go about stopping it? If you're going to turn to Governor Hochul here, so I'm not hmm. sure how that's going to work out. Hochul yeah. or Yokel. So, so what, well, Jane, what do we do? Yeah, here's my thinking. Number one, I think mm-hmm. um, from some of the, the information we've seen, uh, a lot of these people aren't Mexicans. They're, they're just coming through Mexico, and they're coming from Honduras and El Salvador and Guatemala. Um, and and again, I don't know who you saw at, at the DMV, maybe, maybe not. But ultimately, I, I know there's a lot of people coming here, and there's been a push in New York to try to get uh, illegal aliens or non, uh, even non, non-citizens, like registered um, uh, resident aliens, to uh, be able to, to vote. And that was found unconstitutional at, at the last time that they tried it. But it doesn't mean they won't keep trying. And it also doesn't mean that, they uh, they won't have glitches in place. Right. And this has been going on for a long time where they're like, oh, yeah, we, we should allow. And this was why it was a big deal when states started saying we want to provide driver's licenses, because if they're here and they've got to work, we have to, you know, have to know who they are. We have to this. And, and they made this case. But the, the issue was that driver's licenses are typically related in almost every state to how you're registered to vote. And that's where you do get registered is at the DMV. So um, and plus, you know, those those places um, give you a state ID. Now you're in a system where you can say, yeah, no, I am so and so. And this is problematic because whether you're a citizen or not is not being taken into account. So uh, I I agree with you that we have a problem uh, in, in several states where they're doing these types of things. And I guess litigation is probably one way of, of going about it. But we need a lot. You know, we need somebody with, with the brains and the wherewithal and, and the ability to be an incredible fundraiser to, to go out there and start one of these projects where, you know, we're the um, stop illegal voting project, you know, or stop illegals from voting project or whatever you want to call it. And and take action on something like that, because it's not going to happen by itself. 
Now, the America First Policy Institute has been really good with addressing issues like that. Matt Whitaker and John Zadrozny and uh, Stephen Miller and, and so many others that are uh, out there, um, you know, fighting these fights. Uh, but I think, you know, they can't be the lone voices out there in the wilderness fighting this fight. You need more on the legal front. And, and, and there are a number of good lawyers that are out there doing it. But I think that's the the um, the initial approach that we have to take. And thank you for your kind words, Jane. I appreciate it. Uh, let's continue to our buddy Paul in Ohio, WHIZ. Paul, go right ahead. Hey, good evening, Rich. Well, I hope this doesn't sound too far out in left field, but it just kind of makes me wonder, how are all these people that are tracking, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles, wh- what are they doing for food and water? And things like that. You know, they're carrying babies. You know, the kids are walking with them. It just seems to me like maybe somebody's helping them out. Is it the cartels? I don't know. You know, um, how how are they getting here without having, I don't know, you can't stop at the store, right, and grab you a sub and a drink. You know, uh, how are these people surviving this trek that they're making to get into the United States? And that's my question. And I know I'm not the brightest bulb in the pack sometimes, but it makes (laughs) me wonder. Well, Paul, I think that the first thing we have to acknowledge is that a bunch of them die. A bunch of them die along the way. And this is why you find, uh, you know, the bodies of, of, of adults and children and, and men and women alike. Uh, it's, it's a very dangerous trip. Uh, some of them are, are dying of dehydration. We saw that case, uh, I don't know, it was like a month ago where there was, I, I forget how many, it was it 90 people or 50 people found dead in the back of a tractor trailer that made it to El Paso. Um, People are dying. Uh, it's a it's a ruthless thing. There's even something called the death train that I was going to talk about a little bit later. But s- some of the immigrants are uh, thousands. Uh, they're risking death on. They're calling it the beast. It's a death train that they ride to the border. They jump on the roof and it brings them a good portion of the way. And they're saying up every year up to half a million migrants, um, uh, illegal border crossers coming from Central America and from Venezuela they hop these freight cars to make their way through Mexico and close to the U.S. border, risking rape, lost limbs, even death on what they call the beast or the death train. Uh, so that that's a real thing. And I'll actually tweet this out if anybody wants to take a look at it at Rich Valdez with an S. Uh, but you're right. And, you know, I know you say a tongue in cheek. They, they can't stop at the, the local store. They can't go to the to the Wendy's drive through. Uh, to get something. And I think, yeah, the cartel probably provides them with some water and whatnot. And they they come with their backpacks. I mean, I've seen some prep kits for this stuff where the um, the the, they tell you what to pack. They tell you, bring this, bring that, bring this, take this, do this and do that. So I think um, that's a, you know, very good question, actually. I don't think it was a a silly question at all. I think it was a really good question. Uh, And something I want to ask you, Uh, regarding Wendy's. This is an interesting story that I saw. And I said, you know what? This is almost in your neck of the woods here. Uh, But Wendy's is set to test the first artificial intelligence chatbot that will take your drive-through order. And they're set to do it uh, in Ohio. Not, I think it's not far from you in Columbus. So tell me, um, have you ever used a drive-through where where you dealt with an AI robot? Okay. Yes, I have. And I'll tell you the name of that uh, uh, place um, here in a second. But, yes, they're building a new Wendy's right up the road from me right now. 
They just tore down an old Wendy's, and it looks like it's going to be like a drive-through. It's, it's really small, um, but I ran into it at a rallies, checkers, whatever you want to call it, the the, the chat bot or whatever you call it. Um, uh, yeah, so I have ran into it, and they are building the new Wendy's not more than not even a half mile up from my house. Yeah, you know what I've noticed? Not to switch gears too much, but the other day I went to um, McDonald's and uh, I wanted something after the show. So think of me, 1 a.m., I'm at a McDonald's drive-thru trying to buy the, you know, the infamous sale. Whatever you buy there, they go, would you like two hot apple pies for a dollar? Uh, they don't sell them anymore, two hot apple pies for a dollar. It's $1.27 for one apple pie now. One apple pie for $1.27. Thank you, Joe Biden. And while I was there... Um, the first thing you pull up and you're like, I'm ready to order my one singular apple pie. And uh, the robot chick, if I could say that without getting in trouble, the uh, female robot comes out and says, will you be using your app today? And I was like, no, I don't have the app. <laughs> and and then a real person comes out and goes, could I take your order? And I was like, wow, they're already doing the robot thing. So I think that's going to continue to grow. So you keep us posted on how that uh, ends up for you, Paul. All right. Most certainly will. And thank you for a good show as usual, Rich. Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, great audience. It's what keeps me going. Anyway, folks, more to come straight ahead. Your calls and more. Keep them coming. 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. We already have a flood. More than 4 million people come across. Now it's going to be a tidal wave. You have hundreds of thousands of people just waiting. The challenge here is the president has treated this just like he's treated the debt limit. He's ignored the problem. But Republicans today, we will pass a bill. It, it, it is the strongest border security bill this country has ever passed. We'll do it on the floor. We'll, it, it will bring back. It will keep remain in Mexico. It will finish the wall, which is so successful that the president, Biden, stopped on the day he was sworn. In. He's literally spending money on the material we already have to finish the wall just to store it instead of use it. There we go. Speaker Kevin McCarthy nailing it like usual. Uh, I, I tell you, uh, so many people out there criticize McCarthy. Um, I like him more and more each day. He makes more and more sense to me each day, and I feel like he's out there swinging and he's doing what has to be done, and I give him credit for it. Uh, let us uh, continue our calls. Let's go to Gil calling from Manila, Philippines. Gil, what's up, my man? Hola, Ricardo. Um, Hola, uh, Gil. Uh, two, 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 two things, if I may. Uh, uh, first of all, I'm spending 
an awful lot of time in the sun trying to get the best suntan I can. So when I go back to the States, I can go to California and demand reparations, you know, if I can get my <laughs> skin color black enough. But, I um, love that. But, but anyhow, about the border. Uh, I consider myself somewhat of an expert because I lived there for so long, and I actually worked as a... Uh, um, in the in the congressman's uh, office as a staffer in the local office in El Paso. So, so was pretty much what's going on. But uh, closing the border, if there is a military-type emergency coming from Mexico, there is a grand plan by our U.S. military. U.S. Army and U.S. Marines will be deployed, and there'll be shoulder to shoulder along the border with reserve units in different places to be able to stop any threat that comes from that border if it's some type of a military nature. That's just part of the grand plan. We would be stupid if we didn't have a plan like that. Of course. And uh, What does the plan consist so, of? Do you I know mean, or can you elaborate? Well, I mean uh, in, in general terms because I, I served in the uh, in the military in Texas from 1980 to 89. And our unit was part of that plan because we were a medical unit, like a MASH hospital. And if there were, had been a, a deployment to the border, we were set to be uh, put in a, in a place that we could tend to wounded and, and this type of thing. But we've got a lot of troops in Texas. You've got Fort Bliss is the largest military reservation in the world by area. You've got Fort Hood with the largest population of troops in the U.S. military. You've got the Marines in California um, all up and down there. So they could pretty well lock that border down with armed military uh, and uh, with uh, they would have rules of engagement and this type of thing if they were some type of a military emergency. I mean, we could we yeah, could be like sense. Ukraine and Russia. Right. So, now, I Gil, mean, I wanna... so somebody says we can't close the border, we can close. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. And I, I remember Trump doing it as well. But let me uh, ask you a very different question, because uh, I'm looking at a story on businessinsider.com. And it says that a social media influencer who created an AI version of herself, so artificial intelligence version of this AI, uh, of this social media influencer, has created a uh, chatbot for herself, but says now it's gone rogue and she's working around the clock to stop it from saying sexually explicit things. Apparently, this um, pay-as-you-go girlfriend, this AI version of, of a real person, uh, is now, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of gotten a mind of its own. Uh, is this popular in the Philippines? Do we have a lot of AI girlfriends? Is that like the new 1-900 number? Do you know anything about it? Uh, um, I, I have to be discreet when I'm talking because my wife is here, you see. And, uh, before <laughs> I was married, uh, there, were, there were some relationships uh, that she is aware of. So, uh, but uh, no... Uh, there's there's plenty of real stuff here. You don't, All right. You you don't you don't you don't need an inflatable girl 
to uh, keep you company. No inflatable girls in the Philippines. Folks, your calls and more are coming straight ahead. Thank you, Gil. I appreciate it. 833-4-VALDEZ is the phone number. 833-4-VALDEZ. Your calls and more are coming up right now. It's Open Phone America, and we're coming right back. Is the new one nine hundred number? Uh, looking at this article on Insider.com, this influencer created an AI version of herself. Says it's gone rogue. She's working around the clock to stop it from saying sexually explicit things. Um, from the image that's in the picture, her name is uh, Karen Marjorie. She's a Snapchat influencer, and uh, she is she's seemingly upset. But it's a voice-based chatbot that's now engaging in explicit conversations with her subscribers. Marjorie said she and her team are working around the clock to stop it from happening again. <laughs> so silly. Uh, this is why I would never do one of these things, right? There's a real me. I don't need a fake me. But anyway, uh, she's 23 years old, a Snapchat influencer. She created this fake version of herself. Uh, she wanted to be an AI girlfriend for lonely people. But in the weeks since it launched in beta testing, the voice-based AI-powered chatbot is engaged in uh, triple X explicit conversations with some of her subscribers. And guess what? They pay a dollar a minute to chat with the fake version of her. So just imagine the gravy train that the 1-900 people used to have, right? They were the ones back in the days employing uh, women that sounded very seductive over the phone, but in real life, who knows? They might have looked like me, you know, bearded and bald. And uh, that was the 1-900 era. Instead, now you have AI where it's not even a real woman, right? Let's get Andrew Tate on the line if we can. He, he specializes in this department with women as well. But uh, the AI was not programmed to do this and has seemed to go rogue is what she said. She uses OpenAI's GPT for API and it was trained on now-deleted videos from her YouTube channel. So looks like AI is the new frontier for 1-900 numbers, and people are paying a dollar a minute to have a fake girlfriend that they can call. This is absolutely insane because, you know, I was married for 10 years, but um, I've been unsuccessful at dating only because I don't like all of the girlfriendy stuff that comes up. How was your day? What are you doing? What's going on? No, thank you. No, thank you. I really don't have my ADHD doesn't allow me to have that much focus to have those conversations. But anyway, that's just me and, and, and the, my inner jerk. What, what, what I think is funny here is that people are paying a dollar a minute to talk to a robot. That is just bizarre to me. It's just bizarre. But um, let's see what you have to say about this. Uh, let us go to the phones. And of course, there's a lot of Title 42 news. Oh, let me before we go to the phones, it's breaking news. Uh, this is about 90 minutes ago. <clears throat> Federal judge has blocked Biden and his administration from releasing migrants back into the interior of the United States without a court date. 
And as we know, Mayorkas was saying that this was happening because they were using the app and they were doing that and we were going to find them. And trust me, if they follow the rules, we'll track them down. Right. Remember, he said that yesterday. Uh, Well, I said he was wrong, fake, phony and fraud. And guess what? That was all true. And now a judge agrees with me. So thank God for that. Again, I don't think that's going to change anything. These people are still going to be brought into the interior of the country. Just now they're going to get a court date. Uh, So. This is um, hopefully um, a reprieve because I think they were going to try and process people through the app that doesn't seem to be working well from some reports uh, without the court date. I think to get the court date, they may have to do something a little differently. Hopefully, right? One can hope. Let us go to your calls. Uh, Mark is in Wilmar, Minnesota. KWLM. Mark, go right ahead. You're on with Rich Valdez. Welcome. Thank you, Rich. Um, Yes, sir. This is very abrupt. uh, border opening, um, not seeing it necessary. Um, we've been taking on these burdens from everything this administration has thrown at people and it hasn't panned out in what favor. Um, this burden now is not the uh, needle that uh, broke the camel's back. It sounds like they're just throwing on this haystack to break the camel's back. And and they just unleashing this unnecessary burden on us. That what are we going to do now? Yeah. Well, I, I listen. I think I think it, this is a continuation of a bad situation that we've been in. And my hope is that um, this will start to matter to Americans. I don't know that it does. You know, I think so many people like to buy the. Um, the the corporate uh, or I should say the Democrats talking point of, you know, the American dream and people should be shouldn't be denied the American dream, et cetera, et cetera, this, that and the third. And, and I think the problem with this is something that uh, Chad Wolf mentioned last night and others. But I think he, he made it a really good point of it was in in saying that, you know, immigration in any country, a legal immigration program should be for the benefit of the citizens, should be for the benefit of the country. Uh, we, we should not be offering immigration and the right to come into this country because it's helpful to you because you're in a bad situation. We should offer the help to them because it's helpful to us because we're in a situation where we need your help, where you might be a doctor with some expertise that we don't have here in this country, or you may be a nurse that's trained in an expertise that we don't have here, or we have a shortage of an engineer, whatever and what have you. You should provide a benefit to this country more so than just saying this country was built on immigrants. We're going to do the jobs that other people won't do and refuse to do. That to me is phony. It's baloney. It's it's not enough. It's not enough to overwhelm uh, our systems, to overwhelm the country. So I think there has to be a real tangible net benefit here for the country. And I think as more and more Americans see that and 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 espouse that as their philosophy, as opposed to saying, we got to help these people, then yes, absolutely. Um, I think that would bring about some change. However, I don't know that we're there just yet, Mark. Uh, we we weren't there. Uh, when were we there? Um, now, all of a sudden, it's like day and night. Yeah, I agree. I think more and more people are, are buying into this stuff. I think ultimately, there, there are a lot of people 
that are very liberal. And again, because it's a very methodical plan where they're taught these things. You know, they're taught, listen, uh, first of all, you're a reject because you are non-binary because you may uh, question your sexuality or you may not like boys or girls or you may not identify as a boy or a girl. And it's the evil corporations. It's your evil parents. It's the evil organized religion. It's evil this and evil that. Everything's against you. You have to break through and be different. And just like the different people that are coming from different lands, and it's the white man that's afraid of you, and they're they're uh, fearful of losing their their patriarchy on our country. And I mean, they just feed you so much garbage, whether it's from law schools, whether it's from elementary schools, whether it's your job and the new DEI training. I mean, no matter where you turn, you're being fed this line of garbage instead of being fed the line where it's like, hey, this is America. We're a melting pot. We should all love this country. So I think as long as we have all of that going on, we're not headed in the right direction. We're headed in the wrong direction. And we have to yeah, step our game up and, and try and influence more people to, to see things, not necessarily the way we see them, but more so to just be a little bit more objective and see things, in my opinion, the way they ought to be seen. Um, there's a chance that I'm wrong, but uh, I'm going to bet against that. right? Anyway, Mark, thank you for your call in Wilmar, Minnesota. I really appreciate it. KWLM, uh, more on your call straight ahead. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. I want to listen to you, Rich, all the time. America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, we're going to continue our calls across America to Florida, Vero Beach, WTTB. Let's check in with John. What's up, John? Yes, hey, uh, just, I love your show. God bless you. I uh, look forward you, to sir. it every evening. Yes, uh, I just want to say that the situation at the border has long since come to a head, and it's time for the American citizens to rise up and get down to the border and to Washington and demand they close the border and stop the BS we have been on. And that's plain and simple. They must you know remain what, John, in Mexico. I'm with you. Yep. It's, I agree. It's come to a head now. Our, our borders, our language, and our entire culture has been and is under attack. Couldn't have said it better myself. Listen, I'm all about all sorts of things, right? We can have some legal immigration. We can have multiculturalism. We can have a lot of things. But when you put the um, the existence of an entire nation at risk for, for a million different reasons, you know, when you start to lose your way, and I think that's really what we're losing, right? It's no longer about the flag. It's no longer about the red, white, and blue. We're, we're losing our way. And this is coming from a guy that the left would call brown, right? You know, my parents were born in Puerto Rico. They love this country. Um, granted we're all born us citizens, but, but still my point is it, it was all about assimilation. It was all about the melting pot. It was about America being this great place where we could all benefit from. And, and Lord knows many have benefited. So, you know, why we would take this anti-American stance, anybody would, uh, I think is just, uh, it's beyond me. And, and it's, it, it, I think it, you're right. People should be incensed. And they should um, they should make it clear to their their elected officials. Hey, 
you won't be elected anymore. Uh, because, you know, in, like in Spanish, they say, hasta aquí llegamos. Up to here is where we have come. And that's it. I'm not going any further. Uh, things have to change and they have to change now. And, and I wish that passion and that 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 fire in your gut uh, was was, you know, shared by so many of our other Americans where we could um, actually have that type of impact. And we might be there, uh, honestly speaking. Um, I hope I hope that's the case, because this isn't an anti-immigrant thing. I'm not angry at the people coming. I, you've heard me say uh, time and again. I, I don't like calling it an invasion because I feel like it's an invitation. They've been invited here by Joe Biden. They've said so. They've shown up with his T-shirts. We know that Mayorkas is, is facilitating this at the border. So th- this is really about um, holding Biden accountable and the politicians that are allowing it to happen right under our noses. And I, I agree with you. It's got to stop. Thank you, John. Big shout out to everybody on WTTB in Vero Beach, Florida. Uh, let us continue. Let's go to... Pat in Sedona, Arizona, quickly. Uh, Rich, uh, there was a uh, lady called uh, about half an hour ago, talked about the voting thing. I do agree with her wholeheartedly. I think they're letting these people in. They're simulating them to be a voting bloc for the Democrats. And mm-hmm. I just think it's disgusting how they're, how they're getting away with it. But you know what? They're making the rules. They're making the laws. And if you stand up too hard... They'll get their FBI on you. And they're just a bunch of bullies, the FBI. And so sad that it's turned that way. But not all FBI agents and not all police officers are are, are on these people's uh, list. But I'm going to tell you what, and you're all right. It's it's a disaster down there by the, by the border. People are being killed. People are being raped. People are being molested. It's, it's, it's humanity at its worst. And I've been down there twice mm-hmm. now. I'm thinking of going down there again, and maybe I'll demand, you know, and I don't know if anybody will listen to me. They may arrest me. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, I don't want to be arrested. But, you know, I don't want to break the laws. But I'm, I'm sick and tired of seeing this. I mean, we cleaned up downtown Phoenix. We had a homeless section there, and they cleaned it up. They put these people in uh, vacant motels and stuff. Mm-hmm. And- yeah. You know, it, it's fascinating. They they try to clean up El Paso when Biden went there. They try to 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 put on their best foot or their best face and put their best foot forward. And ultimately, it just it doesn't work uh, because it's not real. We, we have a problem and we can't keep brushing it under the rug. So I think you're right. Godspeed to you when you go down there, because we need Americans like you, those that have served, those that love this country to go down there and go to your congressman, go wherever you got to go and let them know enough is enough. And in Arizona, uh, which is interesting enough, you had um, Senator Sinema who was saying, you know, we're about to have this crisis. If they're in Texas right now, they'll be in Arizona, you know, in a couple of days. And uh, she's one of the few that actually sees this problem for what it is. So not a ringing endorsement before I start getting the hate mail that I like to get. Whenever I say anything nice about McCarthy, I get, you're a rhino, you're a rhino lover, you're this and that. Uh, and now I said something about her seeing something the right way. I'm sure I'll get some more hate. But the reality is she seeing it the right way. Uh, we, we have a problem and she's willing to stand up to her party. And I wish there were more like that. Pat, Godspeed to you, my man. Thank you for everything you do and for the call and for listening uh, on your old station in Colorado, streaming at KDGO in Durango, Colorado. Big shout out to everybody in Sedona, Arizona as well. Folks, more to come straight ahead. Your calls and more right here with me on America at night.
This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. I want to be very clear. Our borders are not open. People who cross our border unlawfully and without a legal basis to remain will be pr promptly processed and removed. An individual who is removed under Title VIII is subject to at least a five-year ban on reentry into the United States and can face criminal prosecution if they attempt to cross again. All right, so Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas uh, has released a statement uh, about an hour ago or less, excuse me, 30 minutes ago, saying starting tonight, people who arrive at the border without using a lawful pathway will be presumed ineligible for asylum. We are ready to humanely process and remove people without legal basis to remain in the U.S. We have 24,000 Border Patrol agents at the southwest border and have surged thousands of troops and contractors, over a 1,000 uh, asylum officers to help enforce our laws. Do not believe the lies of smugglers. The border is not open. People who do not use available lawful pathways to enter the U.S. now face tougher consequences, including a minimum five-year ban on reentry and potential criminal prosecution. Together with our partners throughout the federal government, and Western Hemisphere, we are prepared for this transition. Uh, I just want to also add, and again, not an endorsement of Biden or, or his clown friend Mayorkas, but um, they they have positioned, again, whether it's for show or because we're, we're up to our ears and words I can't use on the radio, um, we've got officers in riot gear on standby, according to the New York Post. So things are getting rough down uh, at the border, we have more calls than time. Let us go to GW, Galesburg, Illinois, WGIL. Quickly, sir. Welcome. Good evening, Rich. Thanks for taking my call. A couple of things yes, sir. real quickly. Number one, uh, the guy that called in earlier on your first show, Bill, I just kind of wish you would just ask him how much better he felt he uh, off he felt he was now under the Biden administration than he would have been if he had voted for Trump. And the second thing is, although most of the time I agree with you and your beliefs on the top show, but I have to disagree with the idea of this Marine and uh, Mr. Neely in New York. I don't think you should have said that he needs to be held accountable until we know what happened. That, uh, that Marine may have went too far, and if he did, then certainly he has to be held accountable. But we don't know that he did. We don't know that Neely wasn't continuing to resist. We don't know that Neely wasn't full of narcotics that overdid his system. We don't know what sure. happened there. Right, and I, I, I did I did make uh, mention of that. And, and I think that's part of it, right? I think part of it is is we have to look at it. We have to look at what's happening. I don't know that we just get to say, um, go ahead, you're good, you're free to go, uh, because Neely could be my kid. Right. If my kid had a, a psychotic episode and, and started freaking out on a train, thank God my kid isn't in a situation like that and she doesn't ride the train and she doesn't freak out and harass people. But my point is, I don't ever want to lose my grasp of humanity of where, you know, something I, I, I disagree with is whether you're the scum of the earth or you're Mother Teresa, 
I believe that we all have a right to live. It's just a belief that I have. It's not, I, I can't play God unless you're trying to kill me. Then, of course, I'm going to come at you and, you know, I'm going to kill you before you kill me. And and I, I, I've seen a trend where people who are not upstanding citizens, who are the scum of the earth, who when they do things they shouldn't do, it becomes a field day on saying this person mugged an old lady. This person held a pregnant woman at gunpoint. All true. But it doesn't mean that you deserve to die that day. And, and that's really the point that I'm making. So I think let's see what happens. And I hope he doesn't get in trouble. Honestly, I do. But uh, I don't think people should ride the trains and be killed. But I also agree. You play stupid games. You win stupid prizes. Thank you, G-Dub. Take care. Good night. God bless. Hasta la próxima. We're going to do it all again tomorrow. Stay right here on this station. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.